helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. Trust is a fickle thing. You can spend decades building trust only to have it crumble moments. Sometimes people can lose trust in us for an honest mistake. Other times people flush trust down the toilet. Have you ever taken the time to consider what happens to society when the trust in their institutions gets thrown out the window? See, for decades, the American people had their news filtered through corporate media. Five major news networks and a handful of influential papers determined all the news that's fit to print. Today, in the information age, we can be our own Paul Harveys and find the rest of his story for ourselves. That may explain why recent polls show that trust in legacy media is down to 32%. How does that loss of trust in media impact the rest of society? Hello there, everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study. This is where we read and study the Constitution, teach your rights to generation to be free. And I'm glad you could join us today as we're going to take a look at trust and, well, the fact that trust has been thrown out the window and what that really means for uh, America, the American people, and our society as a whole. Now, this started with a, an article I saw dealing with a a poll by Gallup. Uh, the poll was conducted, uh, let's say, I think it was through September. Yes, yeah, September 1st through 23rd. It was a phone survey. And what they found, the numbers are, again, very, to me, I find interesting. So the, the number of Americans who trust in legacy media a great deal or a fair amount to cover the news fully, accurately, and fairly is down to 32%. By the way, this is tied for the lowest rating since 2016, which is another interesting year we should keep in mind. But what does that mean? That that, that uh, only a third of Americans, one-third, um, trust that the news they're getting from legacy media is at least greatly or even fairly uh, uh, accurate and, and, and fairly... It doesn't say a lot for the, about the media. Now, the, the numbers were actually a little more interesting. Um, the, the percentage of uh, Americans that say they do not trust the media whatsoever is now up to 39%. So I want you to think about this for a minute. What does it really mean about our society when what for decades has been the primary source of information has not only so little trust, but so much distrust. Well, to do that, I think we need to break those numbers down just a little bit more. See, according to the Gallup report, uh, Democrats are typically more confident in media than the Republicans. But um, even, even the Democrats' support has dropped 12%. It's down to 58%. This is, again, according to the poll. And, and only 11% of Republicans and 29% of independents stated they trust the media. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of what the impact this has. I'm not necessarily thinking of why. I have my ideas of why, and I'll give you some of them in a, in, in a minute. But let's start with what does it mean when 
what has always been the primary source of news is now not trusted anymore. When I was a kid, pretty much every family watched the nightly news. Came on at 6 o'clock, you had the local news, then at 6.30 you had the national news, and you chose one of three options. And we all had pretty much the same concept of what was going on in the world. Now, whether it was accurate or not, it's a whole other question. As a, as a as society, there was this kind of general core understanding. We may believe different things about it, but when it came to the news and information, we were fairly well, um, we were fairly well, I don't say unified, but there was a central core. And that is gone. Because again, when I was when I was young, you know, you you you'd get to school or you'd get to work, and um, you know, we we would all view, we'd all discuss what we'd heard on or saw on the news the night before. Yeah, I remember having discussions with the the first Iraq War, the one under H. W. Bush, and I remember we would discuss what was what was going on, what was happening. I remember talking about the uh, assassination attempt on uh, Ronald Reagan and uh, the the uh, uh, invasion of Granada and, and all these things. We there was kind of this this central core, and yeah, some people thought it was all made up. I mean, let's face it; there's still people that claim that um, the the moon landing was all faked, but that's not the case anymore. There's a lot of fractured information. Now, the one place where I found a lot of trust, according to the report, was podcasts. See, according to a Pew Research Center survey in April, 87% trust what they hear in podcasts. Isn't that interesting? So here you are, you're listening to the Constitution study. Maybe you're listening on the radio or, or on the website, or maybe you're listening to a podcast. Does that mean you're more likely to trust what I have to say than if uh, I was on a traditional legacy radio service? Now, a lot of people look at this and say, this is this lack of cohesiveness is a bad thing. I don't necessarily think so. I think it's a hard thing, but I don't necessarily think it's, it's a bad thing. The, the, the hard thing is, if we don't have a common sense of what is, then it makes life hard, makes it hard to make decisions. On the other hand, it does encourage us to find out for ourselves what those facts are. See, if you listen to the news or, and you don't trust it, well, you're more likely to go look out and look things up and, and try to figure it out for yourself, what it generally, I think, is a good thing. But when I entitled this episode, When Trust Goes Out the Window, this kind of was what I was thinking about. See, what's interesting to me isn't merely that legacy media has lost the trust of the American people, but how they lost the trust of the American people. See, I'm sure there are people out there, they'll talk about, oh, now there's podcasts and there's alternate radio and alternate things, and, and it's just, it's been diluted. I don't think that's the case. I think that has a small component to it, but overall, I don't think that's the case. 
I think the legacy media outlets have literally thrown the trust in them out the window. Perfect example. A couple weeks ago, there was a, uh, an explosion outside a hospital in Gaza City. And of course, Hamas, well known for their, their accuracy in reporting, and of course, their fair dealing with other people and, and love for mankind as a whole, of course, what do they immediately do? Oh, it's a bombing by is the Israeli Defense Forces, and 500 people were killed, and, you know, go after those dirty, rotten Israelis. News media never bothered to check to see if it was true. Now, part of this, I think, is driven by the 24-hour news cycle and this insatiable desire to be first rather than right. Uh, because those who were first benefited and those who were right, not so much. But as not only the other side, the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would say, came out, but as there's now video evidence that this was not the Israel, Israelis, that uh, the, the uh, hospital was not bombed, that a missile malfunctioned and landed in the parking lot of the hospital. The hospital was not destroyed, as it was claimed. But we still have members of the legacy media claiming that Israel bombed a hospital? That they, they are willing to listen to one side of the story that without even considering the rest of it? They've proven they're more interested in being first than being right, which is why people don't trust them. Now, I wonder, would radio stations or news outlets that took a, 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 a slower approach, you know, like I try here at the Constitution State, not to be the first with the news, but to give a chance to have to, to, to get down to the details. Would a place like this be rewarded? If, if one of the news outlets said, you know what, we're not going to be first, but we're going to try to be most accurate, do you think they would gain ratings or lose ratings? Do you think more and more people would flock to their, um, to their, to their broadcasts or to them because, well, they wanted the news first. See, this, this interesting, very interesting spin because this, I think, is a critical time. See, we more and more we have government entities trying to not only censor but to take on the role of the decider of truth. Remember the, uh, uh, the disinformation board? Uh, we'll decide what is and isn't true. Or how about California threatening the the medical licenses of any doctor who spouts something other than what the state says? Well, part of the you know part of the purpose of the or I should say part of the reason we went to the news was to hold those government actors accountable. What happens when the media now are propagandists for those government actors? Then how do you know what's true? You can't even be sure there is something as truth in those situations. And look what happened overseas. This didn't happen here. Very well could have, though. But you see, the, the, the UK government has what they call a, a counter-disinformation unit. You know, very much like the, uh, the uh, disinformation governor's board. They tried to snooker past us uh, was a year or two ago. Only theirs got put into, into place. 
And guess what? First, they got caught lying. Then they got caught monitoring journalists' speech. The very things we warned about with the Disinformation Governance Board. And now, well, the UK government has, they've, they've apologized. Does it mean they're going to stop doing it? Does it mean they're going to dismantle this counter-disinformation unit? And if they do, do you think The Guardian, London Times, or any one of the big British newspapers is really going to spend that much time on this particular snafu, this foul-up, this oops, that the government was lying and spying on journalists? Would you trust them if they said they did? See, that's the the big issue I think we need to consider is it really means we need to get better skilled at, at finding out for ourselves what is and isn't true. Determining for ourselves what uh, should and should not be uh, uh, trusted. Or as I like to put it sometimes, we need to find out what is the horse's mouth as opposed to the the other end. Because while that happened in the UK, um, we still have some pretty scary things happening here in the US. Do you remember when when Matt Taibbi was testifying before uh, was a Jim Jordan's committee? And while he was testifying, uh, the IRS showed up at his door unannounced no 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 warrant they just they just showed up what do you think happens to us when government actors no longer are held accountable when the people who used to pay to investigate and find out what's going on aren't trusted anymore because they're viewed more as political partisans than they are gatherers of news and seekers of truth what happens when the New York Times, which claims to have all the news that's fit to print, is shown to be having all the news that promotes a, a Marxist agenda and, and, and Democratic Party officials? It leaves us in a dangerous place. Now, I have to take a break, but before I go, let me ask you this. If those numbers are true, If you're more likely to trust something coming from a podcast than you are, say, from your local TV or national uh, news broadcast, would you take a look at what's going on at the Constitution study? Take a look at the the articles, the videos, maybe ask a question, um, buy a book, maybe check out the Patriots program. There are lots of resources there because I want to help you learn how to find the truth for yourself. There's a reason why I do things the way I do, why my articles all have quotes and whenever possible links to where I got those quotes so you can double check my work because I want you to trust what I say even as I ask you to verify that what I say is true. You can find out more at the website, constitutionstudy.com and if you can support the work that we're doing, I would appreciate that very much. 
while you're at it, you know, do you sometimes have a hard time sleeping? You wake up in the morning and you're tired and you, you, you does that, isn't that awful? Well, I found something that helps me fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deeply, so I can wake up refreshed. It's Healthy Cells REM Sleep Supplement. It is the only sleep supplement designed to support all four stages of sleep. You can find out all about it at americaoutloud.shop. But I'd love you to go to HealthyCell.com and check out the REM Sleep Supplement. They've got a lot of great products there as well. And since you're an America Out Loud listener, you can get 25% off your first order. All you have to do is use the code OUTLOUD when you check out. So again, check out HealthyCell.com. Look at all their products. I like their REM sleep, but they've got a lot of great products. Just make sure when you check out, you use that code OUTLOUD. It lets them know that you listen to America Out Loud. And as a thank you, well, you get 25% off your first order. In 2008, people could spend an average of 12 seconds on a task without becoming distracted. Five years later, it was only eight seconds. The digital age is narrowing our attention span. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top, shoot it down. Thousands of five-star reviews proves it works. Supercharge your brain and see the difference. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. The Natural Colon Cleanse. It's the ultimate digestive tune-up with Oxy Powder. It's crafted to alleviate the discomfort of gas, bloating, and occasional constipation. There's a reason why Oxy Powder is our number one seller. It works. Go to AmericaOutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like Freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be with a company that shares your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Welcome back, everyday Americans. You have rejoined the Constitution study. Today, we're asking, what happens when trust goes out the window? When it was, whether it was thrown out, and again, in many cases, it is simply just people just throw their trust out the window. How many were around? How many you remember back in, oh, was it 2020, 2021? Uh, I refused to travel by commercial airline. 
I actually was doing a tour through, uh, I went through North Dakota and all that. And, and I drive that because I like to make a lot of stops along the way. But people have asked me to go places and I refuse to fly because I didn't trust that the airlines wouldn't strand me somewhere unless I, I took a shot or a test or a jab or something like that. In fact, I tell the story about being uh, subpoenaed to testify in Phoenix, Arizona. And while talking to the U.S. Attorney's Office out there, I told them, I will not take the test. I will not take the jab. Um, and they didn't want me to testify. And I said that because at the time, the, the, uh, the, they, I also told them, by the way, I would only wear a mask under duress and I would not be silent about it. Because, again, airlines, wear a mask. Masks don't work. We don't care. Wear a mask. We, I was fully expecting them to say, well, no, you got to get the jab if you want to fly. Claiming some ridiculous executive order or nonsense like that. But there's some other examples. Now, for, how many of you are familiar with Eventbrite? Right? They, 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 they sell tickets. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're one of those places you can register your event, you can sell tickets, and of course, I'm sure they, they take a cut. Uh, they have a fee they charge. And, and uh, you know, all they do, their job is to sell tickets. But here's what's interesting. Eventbrite apparently refused to um, allow Riley Gaines to promote an upcoming speech she was giving uh, about um, protecting women in, 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 uh, uh, in, in sports. Right? She, she got notoriety. She was on the University of Kentucky swim team. And she's a critic of biological men swimming against women. And uh, she was told that she has a speech coming up on November 3rd at the University of California, Davis. And uh, Eventbrite said, nope, we're not going to promote that. However, this is the, the, the same Eventbrite that will not, uh, uh, will not promote a, an event, again, protecting women in sports, protecting women's rights. Uh, apparently, they don't have similar problems with uh, other events. For example, they, they featured an, a November 1st event titled Stop the Genocide, Free Palestine. And in the event summary, they refer to Hamas, the, the terrorist network in Gaza, the one where they videoed themselves raping women, murdering children, taking hundreds of hostages. They label them as resistance fighters. They don't have a problem with that. That tells me a lot about Eventbrite. Uh, by the way, I never, I, I didn't use Eventbrite for my events. I've been to events where you get your ticket through Eventbrite, but uh, I don't trust Eventbrite. You've just shown me that you, um, you're more than willing to promote anti-Semitic events, but you won't promote events that are trying to protect the safety of our young women and girls. How do you trust in a company like that? How do you put your trust in, let's say you have an event and you, you spend how much time and money. And if you've ever put an event together, it takes a lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of, of effort, uh, a lot of juggling calendars, and then maybe some money because you've got to, to, if you have to rent a, a location, only to have your ticketing company say, nope, we're not doing that because we don't like the politics. How would you ever trust them again? Now, there's another entity that's lost a lot of trusts. That's law enforcement. 
You know, I make a point when I tell my story about my encounter with the FBI, which, by the way, was with two very professional agents. They did a good job. I thought they were professional. They were polite. They were everything I want in a, a law enforcement interaction to be. I point that out because all the news points to all the problems. But how do you trust law enforcement when, um, well, let's see, when they, they don't seem to be doing their job when it's politically motivated? For example, Grand Central Terminal was shut down. By the way, I give points to Epic Times because in the article they refer to it as Grand Central Terminal, which is its proper name, not Grand Central Station, which a lot of people call it. So uh, I give Epic Times a little thumbs up for that. Grand Central Terminal was shut down, was effectively closed due to a sit-in. Now, what do they say? Never judge a book by its cover. See, there's a group called Jewish Voice for Peace. Sounds great. Uh, they organized the rally in order to end the Israel-Hamas war. They said, we'll use civil disobedience. How civil disobedience in the United States is going to do anything? I don't know, but okay. So far, so good, except the group itself describes itself as organizing toward Palestinian liberation and Judaism beyond Zionism. Okay, Judaism beyond Zionism, it sounds great. There's just one itsy bitsy little problem. Gaza was liberated. Was it 2005, I think? Israel pulled all their settlements out. They pulled all their citizens out. And they said, here, this is yours. Go for it. And the Palestinian, the Gazan people chose Hamas to govern them. And Prince Shirdi Short Order started shooting rockets back over at Israel. So there they are in Grand Central Terminal. By the way, you know that's where a lot of the commuter rail. So there, there are two train stations in Manhattan, um, major train station, I'm talking about subways, uh, Penn Station and Grand Central Terminal. Uh, Grand Central Terminal deals with a lot of the commuter lines, uh, Metro North and, and uh, the Long Island Railroad. So, uh, you know, well, actually, I think it, it creates quite a congestion for people who commute in and out of Manhattan for work. So here you have this group of people with, uh, you know, calling for cease fire now. Um, Okay, they say no more weapons, no more war. Ceasefire is what we're calling for. That sounds wonderful. It's, they, they, but they completely ignore the fact that one side of this event is, um, well, they're not honest brokers. They've shown themselves to not be interested in peace. And as I've said before, if if they want a ceasefire, I think the first thing that the Gazan people should do is find the Hamas actors that committed such atrocities and hand them over to Israel for trial. Now, I will admit that eventually the police came in and and broke things up, but uh, what we're seeing across the country is more and more unrest, people promoting the uh, uh, people promoting a group that rapes women, um, attacks, targets, not just attacks, targets non-combatants, um, kills children, wipes out whole families, and, and, and again, takes hostages. Again, New York City, 
where I don't know if it's people or organizations, but they've posted up posters of Hamas hostages. They're trying to keep them in people's minds that Hamas is still holding hostages, by the way, including, I believe, U.S. citizens. Now, that seems like a, 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 a nice way of doing things. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not violent. It's not intrusive. Just remember, they are there, except, well, you see, there's always going to be people who are, well, I can call them a lot of names. There are people tearing down these signs. Now, imagine, right? You've got how many places, how many times you've been someone, you see a sign of a missing child or uh, someone that they're looking for. Here you have, you know, I remember not after 9 11, people put up posters of missing family members. They had a whole wall dedicated to posters of missing family members. Now we have these posters of, well, their families, somebody's family members, and people were taking them down. Well, uh, apparently somebody was, I don't know if they were caught tearing them down or, or they were trying to, um, somebody in New York said, no, that's, that's not enough. Now, I will not play the audio for you because it is, uh, we'll, we'll call it comf- co- uh, colorful. But this, this guy in a flannel shirt, you can find it on the video on X probably, confront someone taking down these posters. He says, you can't do that. This is this is New York City. This is America. We don't do that here. Um, it's good to see people standing up for that. But again, when so many of the the the, the leadership, so many of the uh, of these actors seem to be promoting people that commit horrendous acts against others, where's our trust in our society? And I wonder you see, a lot of these seem to be these events seem to be populated by young people, which makes me wonder. As we watch more and more elite universities um, with events supporting criminal, inhuman—I mean, let's face it: what Hamas did gives terrorists a bad name. But you have people, you have groups in these universities that are supporting them. I mean, do you remember the the Jewish students that um, sought shelter in a in a college library in in New York City, only to have pro Palestinian demonstrators pounding on the door outside? Where's our trust? Where's our trust in 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 the the basics of society? Our our trust in our schools to educate our children and our young people into. Um, into civil human beings. For example, there's a, a group called Accuracy in Media, and they sent around what they're calling doxing tr- a doxing truck. Um, this is a truck, it has a digital billboard, and it's displaying the names and photos of students who signed a letter blaming Israel for Hamas's attacks. And again, violent attacks, criminal, un- inhuman attacks. Now, of course, I'm sure that the people who um, signed their name and it got it's being politicized, it's publicized, advertised by this this truck were kind of unhappy, which may explain why the president of Accuracy and Media was swatted. That's right. The uh, the other day, his his North Florida home, um, he wasn't home, but he got a call from local authorities that his home was searched at one thirty in the morning. 
after they received a false claim that uh, he was at home pointing a gun at his wife's head. This is called swatting, right? The intention is uh, to um, falsely accuse somebody of something so that uh, the police show up in force, and it really is meant to um, get somebody killed. It's designed, if you say, if you tell the police that someone is pointing a gun at someone's head, they're coming in hot. And of course, the person who's home, just living their life, knows nothing about what's going on when armed people show up. It's designed to cause a confrontation. Um, this is, you know, how do you, where's the trust that, how, how does law enforcement trust that a a claim like this is true. They have to assume it's true because of the consequences of, of it of it actually being true are that serious. But where's your trust in your fellow man? How can you trust that uh, um, your neighbor isn't going to dox you, isn't going to uh, possibly even falsely identify you as as doing something and lead to a situation where someone could get hurt or even killed? And this is not simply at the college level. The, the students at a Minnesota high school held a walkout against the brutality of the Israeli regime. Really? Where was the walkout about the brutality of the Hamas regime? See, the problem is we, we become so polarized, so one-sided, that um, I wonder if these students even realize the, the evil brutality they are supporting they are endorsing with their actions the same way right here in my own tennessee representative uh, justin jones um again not only is he um does he believe he has the right to disrupt our state house to promote an agenda well now he's promoting a ceasefire now, listen, I'd love there to be a ceasefire, but the only way you have a just ceasefire is if the criminals, the inhuman animals, the people that give animals a bad name, are turned over for justice. We don't want that. Here, let me walk up and punch you in the nose, and then, oops, ceasefire, ceasefire, I give up. It's not just at the state level, right? A Metro Nashville council member has also refused to condemn Hamas claiming that she's standing up for innocent Palestinian children. Well, you know what? I love the idea of innocent Palestinian children, but those innocent Palestinian children are being put in harm's way, not by Israel, but by Hamas. See, it's Hamas that started this latest round of fighting. Granted, there has been fighting for a while. It's Hamas that is apparently launching rockets from um, hospital parking lots. It's Hamas that is hiding their command and control and their weapons depots uh, under and around schools and hospitals. Maybe you should point your ire at someplace other than simply at Israel. And then to me, it, it's got to be the, the most brazen example of anti-Semitism in the school districts. A, a California school district has forced four Jewish students to remain silent after they were targets of anti-Semitic harassment. That's right. The Jewish students were targets, and now the California school wants to keep them silent. 
Uh, Libs of TikTok posted a report uh, the other day for 11-year-old Jewish students in California middle school. Um, they were the victims of, uh, of uh, anti-Semitic harassment. And the school forced the students to sign a gag order to prevent them from sharing information. I don't know. Something sounds really bad at Manhattan Beach Middle School. Why are the victims the ones being punished? So I mean, the, the, the school said, well, this was political speech. This was not hate speech. Then why are you silencing what you obviously consider to be the political speech of the of victims of the harassment? I thought we had, at least most of these schools had a, a no bullying policy. Oh, I guess it's only unless you're bullying Jews. Now, listen, I've taken a break before I go on, but I want to remind you, you can find these stories and others like them at AmericaOutloud.news. It's one of the reasons why I go there every day for news and information. I suggest you do as well. But I'm going to ask you to do more. See, a lot of this information isn't getting spread. That's why people don't trust uh, legacy media anymore. So we need to do the job. We need to be the ones that take the stories, the articles, the podcasts, the videos, the ones that show what's going on and share it. Because if we're not going to trust the media because they're falling down on the job, it's up to we, the people, to help secure the blessings of liberty by sharing this information. With the rise of independent media, we are now AmericaOutloud.news. For the genius of the United States is not found in its executives or legislatures, nor its ambassadors, authors, colleges, or churches, nor even in its newspapers or inventors. The genius of the United States is we the people. AmericaOutloud.news. Liberty and justice for all. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. Welcome back, everyday Americans. You've rejoined the Constitution study. 
Today we're asking the question, what happens when trust goes out the window? We started with the, uh, the recent Gallup polling about the fact that um, you know, roughly two-thirds of the American people don't trust legacy media, which, of course, makes you wonder how they survive. Does that mean that people still watch what they don't trust? Or is it that the, the, the corporate sponsors are still there hoping to get a greater portion of an ever-dwindling pie of eyeballs? I, I honestly don't know. But there is a lot of reason to have lost trust. And a lot of these institutions, it's not that they've lost trust. They have literally thrown the people's trust out the window, whether it's the, the legacy media, whether it's the um, academia and their flagrant support for genocide and for uh, not simply anti-Semitic, but truly inhuman actions. Um, of of Hamas and uh, th this incessant pathological uh, you know, need to uh, ignore the evils of one side and inflate the evils of another to the point where you can't trust a word that they're saying. Well, and it's not just Israel where we see this. If there's another area of um, American society where we see this, it has to do with guns. As I said before, I've been around guns my entire life. My father had guns. I've owned guns. Um, I was taught as a small child how to be safe handling guns and even how to shoot as a, at, a, at a young age. But there are people that have these most unbelievably ridiculous ideas about guns and, and how they, you know, what happens when they're used. For example, by now you know about the uh, mass murder in Maine. And uh, by the way, I will not use the gentleman's name. In this case, it does not appear that this was a, a political statement, but um, I, I kind of have a policy. I don't like uh, advertising for mass murderers because it some person with a mental disorder that thinks he's going to get his 15 minutes of fame may take that as a as a bolstering his argument but the uh the person has been identified um and apparently has been found dead now uh, according to reports from law enforcement uh, he died of what appears to be a self-inflicted gunshot wound um I, I i'm i'm sure there are a lot of people that are more than 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 happy to find out that that's the case or others that'll be mortified by the idea but um this guy was suspected of killing what a dozen people in in Maine um and as yet I'm not sure why now the one thing we do know is is this man did have um mental issues he's been he had been struggling with paranoia and um, other issues and this is, of course it brought in a lot of of discussion um and oh by the way i was wrong he, was, he killed 18 people um not a dozen i want to get my my facts correct <clears throat> so uh he wounded a dozen he wounded 13 people but he killed 18 so we we want to understand the details now again problem number one um he had he had mental issues there was there is a mental health aspect to this um 
the, uh, uh, the, the, the apparently he had some paranoid issues. And of course, if he's paranoid, if he thinks people are out to get him, that might lead him to do some, uh, well, what we would consider to be crazy things in pursuit of his paranoia. And again, we don't know, we, we don't know the actual detailed motive. Um, was it something in his paranoia that drove him or not? We don't, there's a lot we don't know. And I'm willing to admit we don't know because I don't want to jump to, to conclusions. Well, unlike those who took uh, about a half a split nanosecond to use this as an opportunity to punish innocent people who use firearms for hunting, sporting, and yes, self-defense. Now, a lot of people have said, you know, Massachusetts, or, I'm sorry, Maine has what, what they call a yellow flag law. Now, you may be familiar with red flag laws, these emergency protection orders. Uh, Maine had a yellow flag law. I talked about it the other day. And uh, the general idea is, it, it is um, if someone, you would think somebody who um, had issues with, with paranoia might be prohibited from owning a firearm, right? That's, that's what we keep hearing is, is if there's a mental health issue, you know, let's take away the guns. Well, as usual, those laws that sound so great, they don't always work so well. Now, according to, again, according to authorities, the question that came up is why was this person um, not part of the the yellow flag law. Why was he able to pass a background check in order to uh, acquire uh, his weapons? So from what I found so far, back in roughly mid-July, this person went to a hospital for a mental evaluation. He, he got an evaluation, um, but apparently whatever they found in the hospital did not reach the level of an involuntary commitment meaning he was not held against his will, which means it didn't trigger the uh, the yellow flag law, which means it wasn't reported to the National Instant Criminal Background Check System, or NICS as it's known. So it would not have prevented a, a background check. Now, I do not know when this person purchased his firearm, Based on some of the talk about background checks, my guess is it must have happened after his meet his his evaluation at this hospital. Otherwise, that evaluation would have no 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 impact, right? You you can't be expected to uh, be be listed in a background check for something that hasn't happened yet. Uh, but that's what we're hearing. What I'm hearing so far is that because this person's condition was not considered severe enough. To, love, to warrant an involuntary commitment. Um, he was not hit under the yellow flag law. Uh, it, that was not triggered. His name was not listed in the NICS system to prevent uh, a purchase of a gun, uh, a firearm, uh, through you know, the background check. So these wonderful ideas that, oh, if we just had this, things would be fine. That, again, promoted by politicians and in many cases promoted by legacy media, they don't always work. So based what, on what I know so far, th this person was a, a an army reservist. Um, he shot, uh, he killed 18 people, wounding another 13. 
at a bowling alley and restaurant in this town in Maine. Um, I hear a lot of people talking about, you know, well, why was he not uh, under the yellow flag? You know what I wonder? Is there a reason why the people in this bowling alley slash restaurant in Maine were not prepared to defend themselves against somebody armed with a rifle? I don't know Maine law. I know a lot of states have laws that there are certain places like uh, places that serve alcohol where you're not allowed to carry. And could it be that the people in that place were disarmed? I do not know. I'm asking the question. If anyone out here, by the way, knows Maine law, that would, to me, would be an interesting question. Um, were people not able to defend themselves? In other words, were they dependent on government to protect them and uh, government couldn't? Now, what we do know is that the the this person purchased their firearm legally, um, and and he had several. When he was found dead, he had several firearms on him. Uh, oh, one thing I forgot when talking about the the people in the in the uh, in the bowling alley and restaurant. Uh, I know Maine has constitutional carry; they have a permitless carry. Um, you know, it, it's interesting because a lot of the media says, well, you know, Maine has a long-standing culture of, of you know, they, they don't even have to uh, uh, get a permit to own a gun, which people seem are strange, which to me is strange because until, what, uh, um, uh, until the, well, the 1930s was the first time you even saw government saying you need a, a permission for certain firearms and the National Firearms Act. But uh, yeah, for the longest time, you didn't need a permission to to own or carry firearms. So I'm taking what I'm hearing from the media with a lot of salt because, well, I don't trust them more than most of the country does. It's why I look for so many different sources of data. It's why my, my news feed, my, my newsreader program that I, I check every night has dozens of sources. Um, many of them I'm getting from the left, from the right, um, pro-gun, anti-gun, because so many places have tossed out their trust. Now, again, there are a few sites that have built up some more trust. I refer to like Epoch Times. Um, they've done a pretty good job, I think, in help earning my my trust with the the quality of their reporting. Uh, by the way, they don't sponsor this. They, I'm not getting paid for this. I'm telling you, when I'm looking, Epoch Times it, it seems to be pretty good. Um, uh, of course, I, I have the Tennessee Star, which is uh, part of a whole uh, star paper network that tend to do a pretty good job. Um, Daily Caller, I've I've had some decent words. Daily Signal, I've had some decent but I still double check all of them. I, I still um, take everything they say with a grain of salt because I'm letting somebody filter information for me. It's why, you know, I get from so many sources because what, what one source may not cover, another source will. And what the point of view of this source may be different than the point of view of that source. You know, it's funny because people look at this and saying, what has led to the distrust in our institutions? And a lot of people have a lot of different ideas, but here's what I think. Uh, I think part of it is institutions that have placed their own, say, we'll, we'll call them political agendas, 
above their duty as an institution, whether that be the media, whether that be law enforcement, whether that be uh, medicine, right? The CDC, the FDA. But I also think a lot of it is we have access to more information now. See, people trusted the legacy media because that was pretty much the only place to get news. And now that we can get the rest of the story, I have to ask, was it that the media has gotten worse or that we just are more aware of how bad they are? I keep going back to, uh, was it Durante back in the early 20th century that simply ignored, he, he refused to report on the genocide the mass starvation of Armenians committed by the Soviet Union. He would send reports about everything's wonderful and it's a worker's paradise, completely ignoring most of the facts on the ground. But since, uh, unless you actually went to the Soviet Union, you had no, no way of knowing that what he was doing was propaganda, not news. Nowadays, hey, it's, easy to, it's easier to find out that's propaganda. Now, you may bemoan the fact that it's going to take more work on your part to find out the truth. I know a lot of people who refuse to do that work. They're just going to take whatever spoon fed to them no matter what. But it does take more work. And you may say, oh, boy, the good old days when I could just, you know, lie there and consume whatever pre-digested muck the, uh, the, the legacy media decided to send me. Wasn't it nice and easy? Reminds me of the... It reminds me of the Jews coming out of Egypt. Keep going, boy, we wish we would come back in Egypt where we had food and there was bread and, and onions and water. And well, they completely forgot the slavery. They completely forgot the servitude. It kind of reminds you of that attitude. Yes, it's going to take more work. But the outcome, the, the product of what you get will be so much better. But here's a couple things I recommend. This is what I teach when I'm teaching the, the boot camp or any of these programs where I'm talking about how to go about um, building arguments and, and evaluating data, there are four key components, four things you need to remember. One, it is only an opinion until there's proof. By the way, that includes me, folks. I'm not leaving myself out. I, this is an opinion program. That's why I try to tell you where I find the story so you can find the whether or not it's true. So it's only an opinion until there's proof. An expert opinion is still only an opinion. Just because someone has an alphabet soup after their name doesn't mean they know what they're talking about. Number three, original sources are bust. Always try to get to the original source or as close to it as possible. It's like the game of telephone, right? The farther you get from the source, the more likely it is to be manipulated. Fourth, whatever you do, check your sources. I cannot tell you how many times people have sent me grandiose papers that make all these wonderful statements. And when you check the sources, they say no such thing. So those are it, right? It's only opinion until there's proof. Expert opinion is still only an opinion. Original sources, whenever possible, check your sources. Those four steps will help you weed through the nonsense and the noise. And you know what? If you find a news source that routinely passes through those, that's great. It kind of gives you a shortcut, but please still check your sources. Still remember the information you're getting. See, when you know, the nice thing about having trusted institutions is it relieved you of the burden of finding out for yourself. 
If you do that, though, you literally become dependent on the, the institution for reality. And that's not freedom, folks. That's the ultimate servitude. It's not servitude of body. It is servitude of mind. And if you want to be free, you're going to have to be brave enough to find out the, source, the information for yourself. Now, hopefully one of the places you trust enough to keep going back to is here at the Constitution Study. We're on every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on America Out Loud Talk Radio, heard on the iHeartRadio network. If you cannot listen then, all the episodes go to podcasts generally a day or two after they're heard on the radio. You can listen with your favorite podcast app, but do me a favor, subscribe to the show. Leave the episodes, ratings, reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the Constitution Study as well. You can find all the links you need at the homepage at americaoutloud.news. But please, those links aren't going to share themselves. This information isn't going to share itself. It's up to you. I can only spread the seeds of liberty so far. It's up to you to share them as well. See, by sharing this information, the, the, the radio program, the podcast, all those links, you do more than just share the Constitution study. You're helping to share the blessings of liberty. Liberty. 